And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Will Holland. Hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. And I also have Tamika from Two Blur Girls Podcast. She's with me again. She's putting up with my shenanigans like like last time with Peacemaker. So hello to everybody. Right. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Jeez, pray for me. I'm putting up with John again. <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> That's a hard job to do. I just but, watch Peacemaker and you'll know. <laughs> exactly. We talked a lot about Peacemaker. You make but, it through Peacemaker. In and of its, that in and of itself is an exercise in mental, mental gymnastics. Exactly. <laughs> but tonight we're not here to discuss Peacemaker, unfortunately. Oh, okay. right. But but oh. we are going to be talking about something that is very, uh, to be honest with you, is a culture thing. It's something that I really love. And I love the Karate Kid series. And that is Cobra Kai. And ever since the very first season, I've been hooked on it. I signed up for YouTube Red, and then I canceled it later on after I binge-watched the first two seasons, and now it's on Netflix. (laughs) But let's just go on ahead and talk about – I'm just going to go on ahead, do a little bit of a dive – well, not exactly a dive-in to season three, but just a little bit of what how season three left over. So basically, you actually have, after the events of season three – where we wind up seeing a falling out between Crease and also Johnny Lawrence. Now Johnny and Daniel are now working together. And that's of course where we're at at season four, right where I left off at with them working together. When I saw this, I'm like, these are two different people with two different aspects of fighting. One's for defense, the other one's for offense. How are these two people going to get work together and stuff like that? Is this going to work? How is it going to work? If it is going to work. So I liked seeing them work together. And of course, like we said before, we have offense. We also have defense. And them two mashing together just doesn't work at the very first part of it. But what did you guys think of the opening? Ladies first. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to say, I, I couldn't imagine these two working together. It's totally different fighting styles. Um you know, uh, Daniel or Danielson, he's mostly like calm, chi, you know, you know, we fight when we're provoked. And Johnny is like, no, we run after them. We kick their ass before they can even provoke us with anything. So that that conflict kind of spilled into the first episode, really. It was just going back and forth between how are these two going to work together? Is like the group project from hell, basically. <laughs> I think that like, <clears throat> if you've ever eaten like a spicy food, like mm. a habanero type, you know, a wing or like a, you know, mm. ghost pepper wing, something like that. Ooh. The first thing they tell you not to do is drink water because water doesn't work because the chemicals in the peppers are oil based. So just like all the water, they don't mix. So you're not going to get rid of or cool down. You're actually just going to make things worse. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that in the first season, first part of that, what you have is not just the two styles. You have these two diametrically opposed people. There's still a lot of conflict they've never resolved. Like they've never dealt really dealt with it. And then, so no. the problem is, is that while they're trying to teach their students they're still trying to go at it from the standpoint of my way is better than your way. Mm -hmm. It's two male egos, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's the fact they're fighting against each other. So there's no unity with the students because they're fighting each other. Exactly. 
there's a division because of the Cobra Kai stuff. Because remember, in season three, they had actually had that whole entire deal where they all fought in Daniel's house and everything. And the wife's also still dealing with the aftermath of that. Then you also yeah. have Daniel still dealing with the fact that you have students that came into his house and was laying the smackdown on every single, uh, all of his students mm. and everything too. So you have that thing going on. And because remember what Hawk said, he goes, I don't think I fit in here. She goes, what do you expect? You burn bridges every, everywhere you went. What do you right. expect? And he let that, he let his mouth overload his, his butt on that one because he could have just been there for Hawk and stuff like that because Hawk does, does want to change. That's why he joined up with Miyagi-Do and everything to do it to make a change in his life. It's like the students want to change, but it's also hard to trust these other students. Then you also have, like you said before, Will, where you actually have Daniel and Johnny trying to work together, two different people that never resolve their issues. The only thing that they have in common is taking crease down. And that's mm-hmm. it. You don't have yeah. any common ground other than that. You they might have a common enemy, but they don't have a common goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like remember the Titans. Oh, great. Oh, that's oh, a great, yeah. such a great who, parallel. Who is Denzel? Is it Daniel? Is it Johnny? Who is it? <laughs> that's what they see. That's what they needed. They needed coach from Remember the Titans to come in and be like, if they miss a kick, you will Lord. run them out. <laughs> if they go through and not balance on the water, that will run we them out. All right, Titans. Yeah. If you, if you can't get together. Yeah. I will break my foot off in your John Brown high parts, and then y'all yeah. will both run a mile. Yeah. Your students will run behind you. Yes. And then when they look at each other, they're like, but can we, I will not accept the idea you cannot work together. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we could work together in the South with mm-hmm. white and black and people throwing mm-hmm. bricks at me, mm-hmm. y'all got to be able to find a way to work together to take this thing down. Mm-hmm. It's no longer Eagle Dojo and, and, and Miyagi Do. Mm-hmm. It's just a dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, you know, Denzel, Jay. that's what we need. Denzel. <laughs> we need Denzel to show up. Church, church, preach, <laughs> But I, I really, you actually break it down pretty well on that, though. Will is either we get along or we go ahead and break ties and forget yeah. about where we're trying to build here. And you know, you see them face off against each other over and over again over their teaching methods, and then of course you see. One of the st- one of uh, Eagle Fang Karate breaks one of uh, Daniel's windows because it's all paper mm. and everything too, and <laughs> that was Hawk that actually actually accidentally broke something again, but this time it was an accident. Yeah, and I like the fact that they showed that Hawk was actually trying to learn the culture of Miyagi Do, because before it was all about trying to find uh, something on. Miyagi-Do and stealing something from Miyagi-Do versus trying to learn the culture of Miyagi. So that's something that I really liked about the transformation mm-hmm. of his character as well. Yeah, there are a lot of there is a lot of character growth in this season, particularly. I mean, there's also a lot of reveals of just like, oh my gosh, can we talk about Daniel's Daniel's other kid for a minute? Yeah, like he lost Sorry. the baby fat and just became a douche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I I didn't expect him to be a bully and it it shows you the psyche of a bully like they all want to fit in because you can tell his conscience was bothering him like 
they were like, oh, la, what do you call them? La puss. <laughs> they yeah, started so, so. egging them on to, um, you know, bully the new kid, Kenny, who I like Kenny's opening. He's just out there jamming at the bus stop. He's like, uh, uh, get it, get it, get it. And they're like, oh, shit, okay. Hey, well, everybody. So, Kenny, I <laughs> wondered for a minute if this was their backdoor way of getting the Jaden Smith character into the show. Because I really wondered at first we if like, talk about him. that was a little brother or something like that to him, but apparently they did do an interview with the two uh, with the two main actors, William Zappo, and of course the guy that plays Daniel Larusso, whose name I can't think of, Ralph Macchio. And what he said, what they said was specifically they only deal with the Miyagi verse. So technically, mm-hmm. since the Will Smith backed karate kid which he owns the rights to karate kid, the name karate kid now which is why if you'll notice in the credits he's one of the executive producers oh, wow. of the show because he owns the name karate kid like he purchased wow. it so that he wow. could make a movie with his kid in it like that's some powerful money right there i'm just saying wow. you you're like i just i want the franchise that my kid can be in it so let me go buy it <laughs> but i thought that that was going to be their way of introducing trey into mm-hmm. that world, they're gonna be like, Well, let's create an alternate version of trade that's in the Miyagi verse. But instead, they went with Kenny, which was totally unrelated. Now, what they said was, Since he's not in the Miyagi verse, basically, we probably won't see Jaden Smith. But they did bring up a name that I didn't think of, which was Hillary Swank, right? Because they said Hillary Swank was trained by Miyagi, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. So she could very well be involved in this at some point. Is she involved in this season? No, but that doesn't mean she won't show up. Right, uh, because here's the thing with Hillary Swank, though. I consider this to be like Karate Kid 3 mixed with new character building. I consider last season Karate Kid 2 because we had nods to the Karate Kid 2. Mm. So this is just like a continuation of the Karate Kid 2. This is like this is actually a continuation of Karate Kid 3 mixed with some newness. And also Kenny also represents Daniel in so many ways because of him being bullied. Right. And everything too. So that's something well, else that I really liked. I have a theory though. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've never seen Tori's mom. I thought we did for some reason. At Tori, the very beginning. We, we saw the brother take something to her mother, but we never saw her mother. Hmm. Now, wow. here's a question What if Hillary Swank is the mom? Hmm. I can believe that over the fact that I remember when speculations came out that Tori's father was. Uh, was going to be Terry Silver's father. I'm like, no, that does not fit the M.O. This right. that theory, I'm not going to throw around. Yeah. But it could very well be Tori's mother. But then I thought we saw Tori's mother at this one because remember, we did see Tori's mom trying to be there for her. Remember that was her aunt. Was, that was her aunt. That's right. That That's was her aunt. Bad. Come on, when okay, she was, was at the, she, she was going to the dojo, and she was all like, yeah. "Well, look, it's only a matter of time before she dies. And when she dies, who do you think she's going to leave everything to? Oh. Think she'll leave it to a bunch of snot-nosed kids, or she's going to leave it to her sister? Yeah. I just hope that they do Hillary, right. Yeah. I'm just hoping if they do introduce <laughs> Hillary Swank, I'm hoping that they don't kill her off in that kind of way. Well, and, and here and, and, and the thing about it is, I think Tori. Everybody has a lot more character in them. I think it's interesting how. Tori saw Terry Silver pay it off the judge. So Tori then looks at her trophy like, I can't even win the one thing I wanted to win for myself. 
that was the whole thing. She told, uh, what's his face? She said, I just want to do this for me. Like, I just want to prove I can do it. Mm-hmm. And even when Terry Silver tells her, you know, well, do it, do it again, but do it to the other eye. She said, I don't need to cheat to win. Like, I can beat her. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. And I like the introduction to Terry, though. I, oh, yeah. I just like because that's what I want to dive into too is the introduction to Terry at the very first episode, because we don't know what Terry's been through since uh, karate kid three, because I was thinking he got bankrupt. I'm thinking nobody wants to do business with them or anything, because remember he was going to plant different Cobra Kai's around the Valley. That was his dream. It wasn't Kreese's dream. That was his dream, which we're going to get into like later on, because now that you have context with that, with planning the dojos, and him doing what he did to Kreese at the end, it makes sense because that was his dream. Kreese just wanted vengeance on Daniel for beating Johnny. That's all he wanted. Yeah. Kreese wanted to have a lot, not not Kreese, but um, Terry wanted to have a lot more power than that. He wanted to spread the message of Cobra Kai all over the place. Yeah, the gospel of Cobra Kai. Like when <laughs> when um, Reese, yeah, Reese, when Reese went to see Terry, I did not know who that was. I was like, who's this guy? Who's this yuppie looking guy? And then he was like, Terry. I said, Terry? That's not Terry. Look at him. <laughs> but, you know, as soon as, of course, he put his hair back. I don't know why. For me, Same. when he put his hair back <laughs> into the ponytail, I was like, oh, Terry, there he goes. Yeah. I see him now. I don't know who that but other guy they was. Needed to, yeah, they needed to establish in a physical way yeah. that he had kind of he had kind of grown and lived a different life. He had his mm-hmm. woman, you know, he had this whole socialite lifestyle. Well, they they, they don't have going. labels, by the way. They don't have labels yet. They're just having fun. Well, yeah, that's why I said his lady. I'm not saying whether it's anything more than that or not. Whatever, <laughs> no, whatever, like, wherever she's uh, at in the relationship spectrum <laughs> with him. Whenever a vegetarian woman is with him at that day, that's <laughs> who he wants to be with. Yeah, <laughs> what about that douchebag? Sorry language what about the guy that was um talking about oh you do karate that's so cute i was like what oh the hipster yeah i feel like that's a part of the theme too because he's not the only one that did that mm-hmm. if you think about when the boys were picking on larusso's kid oh do that karate stuff that your dad did yeah okay, well yeah you, you don't you can't pass that on like mm-hmm. it, it's not a Martial arts in and of itself is not hereditary. You know, no, you either learn yeah. it or you don't. But it's mm-hmm. the fact that they made fun of it. There are these people that were making fun of the way stuff is. Uh, you look at also, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of who it was that in the store with Tori or something like that. They were like, oh, you do that karate thing? Like, mm-hmm. There are so many people that were just downplaying karate as a general thing. And it was the right. fact that it was like, you know, you it, it's like you saw that more than just that one time. But it was the idea even no matter what you're doing, people are going to downplay it. So you might as well just do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, I liked how how first Crease winds up calling uh, Terry, and Terry's playing his piano, and you notice that he's con- doing like a gentle kind of score kind of thing to show the fact of his character and how much he changed. Then when he gets that call from Crease of the unknown caller, he hangs up on him. And then there's this violent thing that he does with the song itself to show his anger coming out of that piano towards Crease. Yeah. The point was like, I don't want to deal with this douchebag anymore. I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with this guy anymore after the stuff that happened in the 80s. And he even acknowledged it. 
because when Chris goes over to the condo, he goes, look, I didn't, he goes, I just realized something. 20, 30 years ago, I was bullying a kid for a karate tournament. Mm-hmm. Also did cocaine in the 80s. I've done X amount of stuff torturing this kid for what? What was the purpose? Mm-hmm. What was the motivation? To get yeah. even with the kid that is not doing anything to me? Then all of a sudden, Chris has a way of planting little seeds in someone's head mm-hmm. and doing a whole 360 and doing exactly what he what they want him to do. And basically his manipulative tool was what he did for him during the war. Mm-hmm. It always came back to that for him. It was, I was the one that was tough enough to go through that situation. If I hadn't gone through that situation, you wouldn't, you would still be in that cage. Mm-hmm. You owe me. And it was always the idea you owe me. Oh, me. And he manipulated yeah. him so much with that whole idea of him owing him. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it was, is that Chris would have probably held, Chris would probably hold that over his head till he died. Mm-hmm. If he let him. Well, even Terry called him out on his own BS with that. He goes, oh, how many times are we going to play this card? Yeah. And he was doing so well, too. Like, I I thought for a moment, like, oh, he is standing his ground. But it seems like everybody that um, it's Crease, right? I don't know why I call him right. Reese. But it seems <laughs> okay. like everybody that Crease meets, he, like you say, has his way of manipulating them and making them feel small and they they started to believe that they are small and that they need his approval, like his protection. And those are dangerous people (laughs) that can really get in your head. And I, you know, I was rooting for Terry. I was like, yeah, you go, Terry, you tell him. And then, you know, all of a sudden he just started thinking, oh, he did save me. Oh, I am weak. Oh, I do need him. Oh, this is boring. I don't know if he was satisfied with his life before uh, Priest came into it. Maybe he wasn't satisfied or whatever, but I felt like he was on the mend and he was trying to just, he was going to a place of peace inside with his tofu and his cilantro <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> I mean, he was happy, wasn't he? Wasn't he happy? It, it, it seemed like happier. it. Because even when he goes into the dojo, he goes, "Damn you, Crease! Damn you!" Yeah, and then he then he helped the um the lady, his um whatever, it's escaping me. His help, his maid, because yeah, she was about I, to drop the ice. The old Terry wouldn't have done that. He would have drop kicked that ice out of her hand, and then say, "Pick it up." Well, <laughs> technically, he did break a champagne bottle, the wine bottle at the basement. That's when. Crease got in his head. I feel like nope. if he didn't see Crease, he would have just left that wine bottle alone and say, I'm coming, honey. You know, turn over the tofurkey. <laughs> I was so mad at Crease. That's all but, I got to say. Yeah. Now, I want to kind of go back to Kenny, if that's okay, for a little bit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. please do. Please. So, Kenny started off as this interesting kid. Yeah, he, you know, he, he kind of reminded me a little bit of me because, you know, it's like he was into the gaming, he was into the cosplay, he was into all that stuff. And so, of course, you know, he gets manipulated by LaRusso's kid, uh, which, trust me, that's going to be a subject for a while for me is just him because I got a funny feeling there's a beeline for the next season set up already between those two mm-hmm. that they're going to they're gonna butt heads. Um and, and and also the fact that 
you know, he goes through this initial thing. He kind of gets pulled into the um, the swing of it because he ends up trying to go to learn martial arts. He ends up going to Cobra Kai. And what is the one kid's name? The 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 son of uh, oh gosh, he's uh, oh Johnny Johnny's son. Oh, who is it was there? Something huh? with an R. Which I forgot his and name. he's trying to like he's trying to work with him because he's just like you know his brother told him pretty much like hey go find this guy this guy will teach you what you need mm-hmm. because he knew he was a good fighter because they were in juvie together and so it's funny how that Robbie. came in and it, Robbie. Robbie there we go Robbie. and then they go through all that and what's interesting with him is he goes from being this very shy quiet reserved kid who we only see his dad for a brief second yeah, we don't ever see his mom, so we don't know what the situation is there. But then we he goes kind of from zero to one eighty in the course of about halfway through the series. It's like he just he has a switch that goes off, and it's just like mm-hmm. vicious. And even Robbie said they're going like, "This isn't what I was trying to do. I was not trying to do this to him. Like I didn't want him to become this." Exactly. I and thought that was like, really cool how they played that. Oh, go ahead, I did John. too. Oh, um, but all I was gonna say was this. I really like his character, to be honest with you. I really I really like Kenny a lot because he represents us. He represents us as nerds, someone that loves comics, someone that loves anime, someone that enjoys computer games and stuff like that. And you know, we always we got picked on for the things that we liked, and that's exactly what's going on with Kenny. And we can relate to Kenny a lot, and also too. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Someone of color, it's actually worse for them to like anime because of the fact that someone of color being considered to be a nerd and everything, and people who are of color don't understand certain things. Am I right or am I wrong about that? Because I know it's hard to actually digest some of that sometimes because I've, I've watched this one show called Daybreak, for example, and it was someone of color. He was actually a nerd. He was also gay as well. Oh, good. So you have him being a nerd, liking stuff that maybe a white person would like or someone, you know what I'm saying? And also, too, he's also being gay, which also makes it very hard as well to fit in as well because he's also being de- looked down on. So my question is this. Does it seem like he's also being looked down on at that same level, though, too? In a sense, with Kenny, I don't know it... if the show is playing into the racial angle of it. Oh, okay, just because I feel like with the show, it's more about Daniel's son, the ex- the expectation of the group okay. he's running with on him, and so mm-hmm. because of the way they're pushing him to try to be this thing that he is, right. then Kenny just happens to be the okay. target. It was just something I was curious about. You I, know, because... I could see why you would go that way if if they want it. It could play into that, but oh, yeah, maybe, definitely. maybe it'll take away from it. Will take away from the time. show, and I don't want it yeah. to be like that. But yeah, it's just I, something I, I was th- thinking. I, I think personally, yeah, it, it is a lot harder um, because I I feel like I was picked on by like my own kind <laughs> for liking something Been other, there. you know, like anime or all these other things. Um, but yeah, and, and now it seems acceptable in a sense, like yeah. you have more people who are of 
color or black nerds or whatever you want to say um, who are into it as opposed to I felt kind of like more of a double minority or in a sense it was just yeah. it's kind of weird you know you it's out of the norm for you to like anime or you to like superheroes or comics or stuff like that it wasn't hip or cool when I was coming up and I'm not that old I'm in my 30s yeah. But still, it even at my age, it in my time, it wasn't really cool. Well, well I mean, and, and I'll add to that by simply saying that it wasn't cool for anybody mm-hmm. being there back mm-hmm. in the day. Oh but, yeah, but yeah, with me, for example, my you know, you spoke of of, of your own kind. I thought, the, I thought that was a neat way of saying folks like us look like us. <laughs> but um, I had a lot of people say, well. You know, you don't like, like, for example, I wasn't as big in the Soul Train on Saturday afternoons as I was in martial arts flicks because I love watching old Kung Fu flicks on Saturday afternoons. Uh, yeah, if I caught Soul Train, I watched it to keep an eye on who was on, but it wasn't necessarily something I was going to go out of my way to go watch like the Kung Fu flicks that started every week uh-huh. or, you. you know, things like that. So for me, it was more of people would say, well, why are you interested in that? Why are you not interested in this? It's like, well, I am interested in that. I'm just interested in this more. Yeah. You know, I just like this more. Like, I like watching people, you know, do these crazy fight scenes and all this different stuff. And I like watching these cartoons on Saturday mornings, you know, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, they would be like, you know, everybody be like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about Fat Albert. Not going to rock with you on Fat Albert, too. But, mm-hmm. like, then I was going to talk to somebody about gargles. I was going to talk to somebody about gummy bears. I was going to talk about, you know, whatever cartoon was on that I really love the Transformers or mm-hmm. whatever and it was just like we don't watch that that's not cool to us so because mm-hmm. it's not cool to us it shouldn't be cool to you either and it's just like yeah, it's pretty cool to me yeah yeah <laughs> so, right? and, and now it, it seems to be more acceptable because definitely we are all up in the Marvel movie <laughs> oh, yeah. now more so but uh with Kenny I would say is is really interesting um, how he's bullied. He's more cyber bully, bullying, and that's ten times scarier now for the kids nowadays. I in my generation, I act like I'm seventy years old. But <laughs> my, my generation, we didn't have Facebook yet, um, and we didn't have social media. When you got bullied, it, it was just spread around the school. Did you hear what happened to such and such? Like this kid, he got bullied and it's all over the Facebook accounts, you know? And Instagram and everything else. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. humiliating and it doesn't seem like it's going to come down and that's just in there forever as opposed to when I was bullied, it was in people's minds who have forgotten now, hopefully. It was in people's (laughs) minds until the next thing happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. I like the fact that they captured how times have changed since bullying. Instead of it being in physical contact and face to face, and now we live in this virtual world now where it's actually easy to manipulate somebody over Instagram and bully somebody, which is a shame that they're using mm-hmm. technology in a way to bully someone. And just the fact that they even pretended to be the girl who he was kind of into. That was, oh, that was messed up. That, that was, was very low. And he didn't know how to deal with her anymore because, like, she wasn't, he never told her, like, this happened. So, but in his mind, like, was she in on it? You know, like, you never really know because you never really see her interact with him again after all that. Mm-hmm. Even though she was extended, she was 
honestly trying to be friendly to her. I mean, it's just like you just, you know, once uh, Crease and Silver got that got the switches started turning, he wasn't going to come out the same on the other side. Mm-hmm. No, no, he turned into a psychotic predator or terminator, like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in that library. I was like, oh, dang, okay. That's something I want to talk about is his speed because remember oh, when Robbie man, says use your speed as your weapon. Don't it run does. from something, run towards it. Mm-hmm. And it works in his own benefit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you're sitting there watching. I, I honestly when I saw him in the library, I thought of the old uh, Arkham games. Oh yeah. Because with the know. Arkham games, the strategy in those games is break the people apart and try to handle them one by one. You don't want mm-hmm. to sit there and handle a pack of people because it will always outnumber you. Mm-hmm. But he right. would break people down in smaller chunks so that way and he saved LaRusso to last. So he could try to, you know, do what he was gonna do. And then of course he got caught. Yeah. You know, then but it was just like he was going through. I mean, he ran through. I'm sitting there like good grief, there's some wrestlers who don't deliver that move as well as he mm-hmm. did. I mean, I understand they were selling it. Selling the maneuver to make it look more painful, but it still felt painful when you saw it. Mm-hmm. I thought I was watching a uh, predator or something. <laughs> I was like, dang, this dude lit black ops up in the wood, up in the uh, yeah, library. Yeah. yeah, it was like, you're no longer locked in, you're locked in here with me. That's what yeah. I got. Oh, yeah, this is my territory, my playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm because no locked in here with all of y'all. And, you're locked in here with me. And think of it like this, though. We all read books because we're nerds and geeks and stuff like that, too. What is he? He represents us, so therefore fighting in the library makes sense because mm-hmm. that's where he feels the safest at. Yeah. Yeah, I so know, that, guys. I didn't know where the library was. They're like, what's no. this? The library? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then it's but, funny how they were trying to, like, he was able to manipulate and, and like, there were moments where he was, like, he closed down some of the aisles. So oh, they, yeah. they really couldn't get out like quick. Like one of the bigger heavy set ones that was there, like he closed the aisle down just enough to where he couldn't like just turn and run immediately because he hit the shelves. He was trying to turn, and that's what he was able to get in. You know, he, he used the environment to his advantage. Exactly. Really interesting. Freaking ninja. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, Brandy wanted to know uh, did anyone think that bringing back St- a Stingray was a little too much? When they did what they did with Stingray, it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> because the idea that you bring Stingray back... Now, first of all, I'm sorry. I don't endorse anybody throwing parties for underage drinking, which Stingray did that in spades. Uh, Stingray's neighbor, if he hadn't been such a jerk the whole entire time, every time you saw him, like they, they, they basically made you want to root for Stingray, but I'm like, dude, he's not really in the right either. Like... No, no he's I, still I never, trying to hang out with these kids, man. Like, no. I, I, yeah, I thought a neighbor was, you know, tough on him, but I, I never wanted to root for Stingray. I was like, well, you did deserve this. You did get underage kids in here, and they're drinking, but you can also tell Stingray, like, the neighbor said it was painful, but he was like, he doesn't have any friends his own age. Yeah, This is why he throws parties with you guys. It's really sad. Yeah. And it, it it's the, the, it's the, I heard the joke one time. Somebody said, you know, we grew up in the Jeffrey the Giraffe era of the world where it was, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. And so this idea of not wanting to ever, quote, grow up, sometimes it's a detriment. Sometimes it's a great thing. I mean, sometimes some of the best animators in the world are just gigantic kids 
you know, who have responsibilities and stuff, but they do the work. But with Stingray, I feel like the only reason why you brought him back like they did was just so they pay off the end of the season. You set him up to look like the scuzz that he kind of is. And then it's like, oh, you want to be part of Cobra Kai? Well, I have a way you can do it. But in order for you to do it, you got to take this L you're about to take. When it's time. Mm-hmm. You'll know when it's time. You're going to say these words mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. That's when we let you in. And I don't think it's going to get any better for him once he gets in. Yeah. No. I, now, I did feel bad for him when he just strolled up into the Cobra Kai and he was talking to uh, Chris. And he's like, hey, what's up? I'm back. How you doing? Hey, Sensei, Sensei, Sensei. Hey, new Sensei. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Like he just humiliated that guy in front of all the students. He's like, You are an idiot and a buffoon. Get out of here. He's like, It's fine. It's fine. I'm cool. You know, don't cry in front of people. Just cry on your bathroom floor. But, you know, I, I felt bad a little bit for him. I did too, because he was expecting to go in there with open arms after defending everybody in the second season at the school. Yeah, but he also didn't realize too that he also put a bad name on Cobra Kai because he's actually supposed to be the oldest one. Well, he is the oldest one in Cobra Kai, right? And he's supposed to be a role model in a sense for those kids. And seeing him act like a kid also makes Crease not want to deal with him because of right. the stuff. Yeah, because his not saying that Crease didn't do anything uh, to give Cobra Kai a bad name. It's just that he's supposed to be, if he's going to be with these kids, he's got to be a role model outside of the dojo. Mm-hmm. And he joined in with the fighting, and therefore he also suffered the same consequences the kids did, but it's also worse because he's, he can be trialed as an adult and everything, and you saw the repercussions and you saw what happened. Now he's got a criminal record. Nobody wants to deal with it, Stingray. Yeah. Which we really like, didn't see him a whole lot in season two. He was involved in the fight in season one. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. That's because yeah, at the end of okay, that's right. Yeah. So it was that. So we really didn't see him a whole lot really between then and there. I mean, we you know, we kind of see him little bits and pieces, but we really well, season two more. is whenever they broke up in the fight, right? So that's whenever Stingray winded up. Stingray want because season three was about McGill when he was being paralyzed. I thought season two was Miguel because Miguel fell off the because Miguel was fighting Robbie and he got kicked yeah, over there in season one. Right. He hits well, the back. That's the recovery season, and then you end with um, okay, end with uh, oh gosh, I can't even think because yeah, you're right. Season three is the house stuff. Season right. three ends in the house, right. You know, and everything. Can we get introduced to Tori in season two? Right. But well, we don't get that payoff really till season three where they're fighting in the house. And right. Sam's trying to get over her fear of Tori. Mm. And she still is. And let's talk about that though, too, because remember, I like the fact that they brought her friend in from the very first season. Aisha. Aisha. I love Aisha's character. I wish that they would actually do more with her instead well, of letting I- her st- I think the, the actress had some issues. The actress was doing some other work. And I don't wasn't... think she was able to get free during season oh, okay. two. Well, uh, from what I remembered was they didn't even ask her. They 
she was actually i think she went on social media i could be wrong but i think she went on social media that she wasn't even asked to go into another season Hmm. Okay. Or like that. And a matter of fact, I remember her also saying too, she had no way of paying any bills or anything because of the fact that she had no other uh, job it lined up. But quote me if I'm wrong, though, Will, if you're looking into it or whatever. But I'm going to look into it here just a minute while we're doing that. I mean, I, I, I okay. just want to make sure I'm giving the right information out too. Okay. But Aisha's character is someone that I really liked. And I thought that Sam would actually follow Aisha's advice. Well, what did you do with with someone that you that bullied you when you were new? Oh, I went up to her and I confronted her, and now we're friends. Mm-hmm. We ended up coming up with some common ground. Sam does a total different thing than what Aisha does. She went up, <laughs> and I told my fiance, who I told Brandy, I said, "That's not the advice that Aisha had in mind for her. Mm-hmm. That's no. that's the exact opposite." <laughs> Yeah, when, it, when it comes to boys, then it's it gets a little messy, you know. Like you date <laughs> my ex, and I'm dating your ex, and I was like, "This is just a whole big mess right here." Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot I don't of high think school drama. Any common ground with those two ladies, especially when they were at the prom, right? Yep. And then um, Tori and Robbie is the name Robbie, right? Robbie, yeah. Robbie. yeah. Robbie and they come out there looking like Brad and Angelina, and I was like, "What the <laughs> hell is that dress code for the prom?" I mean, her her girls are out, you know. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, okay. is there any uh, dress I, code in this school? <laughs> yeah, what's up with this prom? Jeez, goodness! And then their but their fight at the pool was so awesome. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, these chicks are fighting in their prom dresses, and they're doing these Cobra Kai." And Miyagi spin kicks and everything else in heels, awesome in heels, which makes it in even more heels. painful. <laughs> in heels, you gotta give it to them, or their mm-hmm. stunt doubles, or whoever, right? <laughs> yeah, they, but, definitely, uh, they definitely did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the guys come in late, <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> you know, my girlfriend, I mean, my ex, I mean, I'm sorry, oops, I'm like, this is just super messy. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny but, too because that kind of happened in season one when they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Like they they kind of that kind of went that way too because remember the girls were fighting in the hallway initially, and then they they showed up and tried to break it up and then they started fighting. So it's kind of the the habit <laughs> habit of the guys that they always tend to show up late. Mm-hmm. Now <laughs> I will mention this too. I think uh, the person that got maybe the least development was Robbie. Hmm. But I think part of that has to do with the fact that the reason he's got less development has to do with the fact that he is, uh, he will not, he, he he's going to be playing uh, Robbie Reyes in the Blue Beetle movie coming up. And so hmm. he won't be as active, as much of an active part in the next season. Hmm. So, because he'll be busy doing the Blue Beetle movie, so right. that could be their reason for for having Robbie quote go see his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am hoping for Danny Trejo to be his dad, mm. just because <laughs> I think that'd be interesting, especially with the whole idea that his dad doesn't know that he was born. Mm. Like yeah, Miguel. Somebody, yeah, like we just need somebody that's just the baddest thing on two feet. 
that would just like Miguel would have to learn a whole different style from what he's been taught just to be able to deal with his dad in that world. Right. Um, another thing I want to mention is this though. I liked how Daniel's trying to teach defense, and then you also have Johnny who's trying to teach uh offense. And I'm like, you dude, you guys are gonna have to learn both. Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. go on with one style this time, mm-hmm. especially when you have uh of course Robbie teaching Miyagi Do karate. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys are gonna have to go on ahead and teach both. I know you don't like it, Daniel. I know you don't like teaching offense, but you're going to have to go in there and teach offense this time. You're going to have to strike first. You're going to have to forget about – you're going to have to go after your own philosophies versus Miyagi's philosophies on some things and still have that balance of Miyagi. You have to find your own self within this Miyagi Dota karate. I think the biggest problem, though, is that he doesn't know how to teach anything else. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. If his and style is primarily a defensive style, wax, wax on, wax off, you know, sand the sand the sand the wall, sand the car, <laughs> do this, do that, do this. Yeah. It's all defensive tactics. So to tell him, okay, you don't have to teach offense now. That's like telling a quarterback, hey, you're going to be a tackle for the next six weeks. Mm, right. They've been a quarterback for years, and all they understand is get the ball set up, look for the open pass, and pass it. And then it's like, no, now you're gonna block to make sure that the guy doesn't hit the quarterback. Right. Change in mentality. And so when Johnny, all he knows is go first, go assertive, go block this. It's different for him because he's never had to quote defend. Mm-hmm. So the best of both worlds is people are people like Sam, who is kind of learning both sides. Mm-hmm. Robbie, Miguel. Because Miguel's been learning a lot from Miyagi Do, Miguel also learned a lot from Eagle Eagle uh, Fang. Fang. Right. And so there's this idea that this, at some point, you're going to see this new group of people be a more balanced version of what Daniel and Johnny could never be. Yeah. And it's really yeah. going to be put on their shoulders. Now, I do want to throw this at you guys because mm-hmm. my buddy threw this out there. What is so revolutionary? in a martial arts tournament about having skills challenges and having girls fight against girls and boys fight against boys. Because when they did the big meeting about the thing where they're going to do the competition, they made it seem like such a big deal. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, we're going to revolutionize the way karate tournaments have been done for decades and we're going to have a skill challenge. And it's like, aren't there already karate tournaments with skill challenges? Yeah. I think with them... <laughs> girls fight with girls. Oh, karate tournaments where girls fight girls? Yeah, I think you You know, we're going to have the boys fight the boy. There are already tournaments. We're going to have weight classes. Aren't there, don't they already doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. What's so revolutionary about it? And then the one guy's like, hey, God, help us all. What do you do so revolutionary in this thing? <laughs> all are in the room acting like somebody just said it's going to be Mortal Kombat. We got yeah. weapons. Everybody's going to fight with weapons. It's gonna be battle royale. Whoever lives lives. <laughs> Whoever's maimed, we hope they got good insurance. We ain't covered none of it. Like Mm-mm. that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking was happening. But what I'm hearing what's happening, I'm like, how's that revolutionary, y'all? Like, <laughs> it's it's not. 
I don't, I don't think they seen many tournaments at all. Like I guess they saw like Game of Death, or they saw Enter the Dragon, and thought, okay, we got to yeah. do something different now. Yeah, know? plus plus these tournaments that they had with uh, Danny and Johnny. But outside of that, you can tell that they just been in this bubble where they're like, oh, it's so revolutionary. Oh, girls versus girls. Oh, snap. <laughs> but also, too, if you look, all the only girl that's over there is Tori. So I'm like, where's your <laughs> analytics at? Where's your statistics wow. to show girls are even interested in this? Because there's only one girl that was actually competing in that whole entire thing. Hmm. I don't know, but apparently it was revolutionary for them to do it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, so of all the possible artists and singers that we could have gotten to come in there and perform a song, we thought, you know, Carrie Underwood is a really awesome country music person that the kids love these days. Yeah, She's never probably touched a pair of nunchucks. She's probably never learned a martial art. But mm-hmm. you know what? We just feel like if we get Carrie Underwood... Yes. To sing this random song to mm-hmm. kind of be the montage song for the first part of this, kids will love it, right? Like, yes. you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, there was any martial arts inspired artist who could have got in there and got involved and done a really cool rendition of an old Karate Kid song. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need her singing You're the Best Around. Like, if that had happened, I'd have thrown my controller up and just walked away. <laughs> Like I need that last season hard rock edge super yeah I need that like just bass in my face levels of nostalgia yeah I mean if the original band still together get the original band in there let's do this let's remix it slightly let's just get my best around give me all of it yeah I don't need Carrie you know I don't need Carrie Underwood trying to sing that song yeah she probably somebody cousin that they get in that was the person. Right. I was actually expecting Mariah Carey or someone whenever they said we got someone. I don't know. I was actually expecting someone like Mariah Carey to do the thing, but I was hoping for Def Leppard or someone (laughs) to go with the with the 80s kind of style kind of vibe. Yeah, Def Leppard is cheap. They're not doing nothing. I don't know. They charge five hundred dollars a ticket. But I'm sorry. (laughs) They've hit legendary status. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. Rob at least you don't do a bunch of farewell tours like some other bands. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, but what do you guys think that. of the skill sets? I don't. Okay, I was bored during the skills test, to be honest. <laughs> and the reason why I was bored is I'm sitting there going, "What well, ain't gonna fight?" That's all I was wondering too. Like because I used to compete be... in competition. Okay. Oh, do tell. I used what to... was your skill test? Yeah. To be honest with you, it was just a karate form, like basically standing jumbi, doing your karate forms. Like, in other words, is it's kind of like what Miyagi Do was, mm. in a sense, doing that kind of karate form and everything. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they had different skills for different things. They had this that thing with the stick. They also had a couple of other things and stuff like that. And I'm bored. I, even as a kid, I was bored with that. I'm like, I'm ready to do some sparring. Yeah, that's what I came here for. I came here yeah. to spar, yeah. you know. But with the skill testing and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, it brought back my childhood a little bit. But at the same time, it reminded me how bored I was during the competition and everything of why I don't like that thing, that the skill stuff. And yeah. I think at that time, though, too, when Daniel was around, there was no skill competition. It was either knock the 
person's block off mm-hmm. and go home and, or you lose the tournament. Mm-hmm. This is more of the realistic way of how you actually do these karate tournaments. And that's actually yeah. how they do them. Still trying to figure out this, like California and they couldn't figure out the skills test has been going on for decades beforehand. Like mm-hmm. that's the, like, I mean, I'm just like, they're really amazed. They're sitting here like, like I said, you, I thought somebody put down on a piece of people, kill everybody and the last man standing. Like I thought, like we we're gonna get like a dome, and it was gonna be like the Thunderdome with mm-hmm. nails and spikes and all sorts of weaponry that they were gonna have to climb up to the top and get, like the Hunger Games or something. But what no. do you think, Tamika? Same. <laughs> I have no other comment. Right. Anybody? Anybody know archery? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Hunger Games. <laughs> Next in the karate do karate, what we're gonna do is we're gonna do archery. Oh, nice. <laughs> followed by nunchucks. No. <laughs> then after that, we're gonna do pellet shooting. But like, remember that time when we saw Bruce Lee playing uh, table tennis with a pair of nunchucks? Yeah, whoever can do that gets an extra point <laughs> going into the next round. Yeah, right. Bounce but, to your opponent. You know, even when they were, they were discussing stuff about evolutionizing stuff and things like that, that kind of pulled me out a little bit. I'm like, you only had one female person within this karate tournament, which was Tori. You didn't see any other person that was a female inside there. I'm like, even I'm like, you needed had extras to actually show that you had uh, women besides Tori. Mm-hmm. Well, there was the other girl that uh, in Miyagi, that, well, Eagle Fang, technically, because they did that, which that bothered me, too. It's like they kind of split again, and he had the one girl that was in the uh, debate club that was that was learning martial arts. So Tori, of course, is going to face her. We kind of knew that was going to happen early. Mm-hmm. But, like, she wasn't there long enough for us to clearly care about her, other than apparently she had a temper. And we realized she had a temper, so she was going to get further than some of the other girls that we probably wouldn't see in brief moments. You know, and they did right. that thing very much in a lot of TV shows where to speed through it, they're kind of like, oh, there's a girl. She gets kicked in the head once, and then that's over. Like, And mm-hmm. then they show this longer thing with these two guys. Like, well, Hawks, if you'll notice, like Hawk and Robbie and Manuel and uh, Miguel. I don't know why I was going to say Manuel. Miguel. They were like, you got to see longer takes with them fighting than you did the girls. Because like, mm-hmm. yes, like I said, I got a feeling they literally had like two girls. They just had up dressed up in different dojo outfits. And they would just have them switch out. And that would be the way to get them. Well, technically, they're fighting girls. You just never see their faces. Right, Man, they could have more extras over there just like oh, they doing right. this. <laughs> and not hitting each other. Yeah, <laughs> and then acting like they uh, punched some something, but they didn't really oh, punch anything and actually yeah. fall. See, but <laughs> but you know, I the skill stuff I didn't really like mm. to be honest. Um, then of course you wind up seeing the refs, and they're like, "Do you see that ref? What's going on?" I feel like I was watching a football game at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, did you see that ref? Did you see that? Huh? Like, yeah, how do you not yeah. see that? Huh? Well, let's like, review the play, uh, shall we? <laughs> uh, so I was on my like, lunch break. <laughs> rest in peace, John Madden. Like that would have been the moment you'd be like, "Now see what she did here? Was she did the thunder kick? Yeah. She got around twice and yeah, kicked it. Like, 
And then when she landed, she kneed her in the stomach with the other oh, leg, you see. No. They fell down, and then at that point, she came back with the other foot and tagged her in the head. And mm -hmm. that's how she got doctor for it, because she technically can't kick them in the head when they're falling, you see. Yes. <laughs> Emotional damage. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. <laughs> ah, We've been watching way too much Stephen Heat. Yeah. <laughs> talk is ruined my life. But I think that, you know, overall, Terry paying off the reps was actually perfect because now it actually fits into his MO because I felt like Terry was all over the place. It was good to see him. But I'm like, what's the motivation? What's his game plan this whole entire thing because we see that crease in him are also having complications like johnny and daniel are in a sense mm. and everybody this... has a weakness yep mm. that's the thesis that broke it mm. what he said everybody has a weakness and he was just like and crease was just like that's not true i don't mm -hmm. have a weakness mm -hmm. and they're going <laughs> like oh i bet you do buddy yeah yeah, and then he brought it up. You remember when I saved you in that cage? Oh, he was Like, I just need Crease to come out in one scene in the episode with a shirt that says, Remember when I saved you in the cage? Remember when I thought you were in the cage? That needs to be a shirt. Look at this. Look at it. Play it. Play it. Play the flashback. It's interesting to see how they both have switched. Like, Terry. When he came back, he was like, no, we got to focus on a, a tournament. You know, don't get revenge. Don't do anything. You know, just bottle your anger up and release it at your opponent at the tournament. And then Reese was like, no, we got to kick their ass. This is Cobra Kai. And then they sort of switched uh, when Johnny, for some reason, Johnny seemed like a catalyst to me when Terry was like kicking his ass. And then Reese looked at Johnny, and I'm not sure if he sees him as a son type or what, if he has some type of, of affection towards um, Johnny. But somehow seeing him get beat up by Terry, he was like, no, you have to stop. We got to say this for the tournament. And I could see Terry as like a little boy trying to gain his father's approval if I want to get this deep. Because this seemed like a show about fathers and abandonment issues. Mm. He was like, oh, wait, isn't this what you want? See, I brought him here. See, look at me. Did I do good? Did I get your approval, Reese? See, look what I did. Ain't you happy? Can you accept me now? That's what I saw. I saw Terry as a little boy in that scene just trying to get his dad's approval, who is Reese. I, I love that. I love Mike that thought, Trump. first of all. That's a good analogy. I love that thought. That's a very good analogy. And one thing I will say is I think you're on to it because when he, because remember he tells Crease, Johnny's your weakness. Mm -hmm. It's always been Johnny Lawrence mm. because he was the one that tried to live out your principles the fullest. Mm. And it's still a part of who he is. Even mm. though he fights it so much, he fights a lot of the moral stuff that Priest goes through, he's still ultimately Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. He has never truly learned any other way to live life. So in his mind, when he sees that moment, when he's in that fight, when he's beating him down like he is, he sees Priest sit there and go, you know what, that's enough. Mm -hmm. That's enough, let it go. That's the switch. Mm -hmm. 
Because that's the moment where he's like, you know what? I have gone through all this with you. You came up to me. I was living my life doing my thing. You came to me mm-hmm. to get me to help you destroy them. Mm-hmm. For once and for all, mm-hmm. I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't need to be, because then he saw him as weaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to be doing this anymore. Because the last time we were here, we didn't finish the job. Mm-hmm. Because you got weak. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because mm. his only MO was punishing Daniel because of the fact of the stuff that Johnny didn't get to do. Mm. And then, of course, then we actually get to see what uh, Silver's uh, ideal of what he wants to do, which was complete what he didn't get to do in the third Cobra Kai, uh, Cobra Kai just, the third Karate that, Kid movie, which was planned. all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. That was his goal. Mm-hmm. That was his weakness is getting that. And Daniel also got rid of that whenever he kicked, whenever, of course, he wanted up be- beating inside the tournament. And then also, too, seeing the abuse that Cobra Kai did. Yeah. And everything, too, which also put a damper on him planting everything. Yeah. So now well, this even, is a new way of getting everything. Yeah. Well, even there's the point where he looks at Daniel and he says, you know, the reason I think you're really mad is because when you were in Cobra Kai, you realize there was always a little bit of Cobra Kai in you too, mm-hmm. and you kind of mm-hmm. liked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He saw that. We saw that though as that got played out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When remember the uh, wooden uh, mantle thing that he mm-hmm. made for Daniel to defend himself on mm-hmm. and toughen him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Miyagi is all about restraint. Um, that way, you know, it's like I, I and I think too that is the. Um, ultimate way of um, the way of karate is the way of Miyagi. You know, you don't fight unless you're provoked. So Mm -hmm. I I think that is the true essence of what karate is supposed to be. But like you said, when Terry confronted Daniel in the convenience store, he's like, there was a little piece of you that liked that freedom. You know, you got to let loose. You weren't so constrained all the time. And I mean, I guess that could be really scary for somebody that, you know, your part of your life, you've been taught this one way where you are um, taught like, um, what is it like defense? No, offense. 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 Yeah. You're taught offense and you're taught, no, you must, uh, you know, follow the way and you're doing this Bruce Lee stuff. And you're like, I don't fight unless I'm provoked. You know, you're in the way of karate then all of a sudden you got ufc <laughs> that's why i think cobra kai is like ufc and they're like yeah fight and do all this other stuff and you're free it's i don't know it's pretty awesome just to mm-hmm. just to see that he could see that in him like yeah well There's- and i think that creates an interesting thing too from when the final act you know we we get to see really it come down literally to Sam and Tori. Mm-hmm. Hawk has done a full arc. Or I say a full arc up to this point because I believe mm-hmm. that there's going to be more growth for Hawk. Um, I don't think people realize how much of a fan favorite Hawk has become in this series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like Hawk goes through the whole thing. They go and they shave the hair off. Oh, that was brutal. And, you know, in his mind, you know, it's like, I was defined by the haircut. I, the light switch turned on when I got the haircut. 
no one was paying attention to my cleft lip anymore. And his buddy is just like, you got me into this. Like, I would have never taken it. I would have never done this and it not been for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know what? You're always my friend. Like, that hasn't changed. And it was Hawk really forgiving himself for what he did. Mm-hmm. He saw the way people looked at him, but mm-hmm. he had to let, he had to forgive himself first. Mm-hmm. And then once he did that, he was able just to live mm-hmm. and be. And so when he gets into that fight was, you know, initially uh, with Miguel, and then he ends up fighting Robbie. You know, Miguel has that moment where his back hurts and he gets that sprain. He has to make the decision on whether he's going to stay in it or not. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Johnny does what Johnny does. And, and I love the fact that they keep these guys flawed. They're not perfect mentors. Mm-hmm. You know, here he is trying to be a father figure to this kid and also try to be a, a, a sensei to him. And those are two very different relationships. Mm-hmm. And he keeps getting them crossed up in the process, and then Miguel's just gone. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, Hawk goes in, Hawk's fighting, and him and Robbie, he's in there going, Nobody's ever beaten Robbie. And that's when, you know, Daniel tells him, Daniel's like, Look, do whatever you need to do. Don't don't feel constrained to one or the other. And I'm like, Yes, finally, somebody's mm-hmm. <laughs> getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so and, and then- awesome. That scene, sorry, I, I wanted to touch no, no, no. on what Will was saying. It was a scene where, uh, you know, Johnny was drunk, and it was after, the, you know, Terry beat him up, and he was drunk, and then Miguel found him, and he's saying all these things to Miguel. He's like, I always wanted to be a father to you. Um, I was never there for you, and I'm doing my best. And Miguel's like, oh my gosh, yes, you have done your best. And he rolls over. He's like, I love you, Robbie. He's like, oh my God. Like, that was so heart-wrenching to me. Like, he he wanted that approval. Like, like I said, it's a show about absentee fathers. Basically, that seems like the whole theme. Absentee and fathers he, and all the issues. Exactly. <laughs> a Cobra Kai show. Miguel <laughs> wanted that. You know, like, he saw Johnny as his uh, father of stand in and to hear him say Robbie it was like oh my father disowned me all over again and like you said it is very murky like you can't be a sensei and a father figure it's two different things and mm-hmm. I agree with you um Johnny messed up but exactly. Daniel messed up too Daniel, oh, yeah. Daniel had Daniel, his own mess wait, up, man. He, he abandoned his own son Given all he made, he got he made him get away with a bunch of stuff though too. He let him oh, play with the electronics, let him be glued to the electronics all the time. I mean, and then until, it took, right. yeah, until he broke his iPad, I was like, "There you go. That's the parenting you're supposed to be doing." Exactly. I'm supposed to be getting off of this. Wham! I'm just like, oh, oh, <laughs> I have to tell you again. Yes, father, you taking out that, the trash? That yes, moment father. he turned into Johnny. <laughs> I'm going to be nope. honest. <laughs> Like all of a sudden, you just see like Samuel L. Jackson's hand just comes up. He just hands a belt to Daniel, and then the door closes. (laughs) And like ten minutes, we just hear the. Didn't I tell you that you're not the best in electronics now? Yeah. Didn't I tell you? Yeah. What was gonna happen if a car came in again? Yeah. And then he just goes, and then Mama's sitting there going, "What happened to Daniel?" It's kind of like boondocks too. Sister comes in. Sister's like, I. Yes, uh, him hanging around Miyagi really did have a positive effect. That didn't go, <laughs> okay, all right, 
Get off no. these electronics. I'm gonna, I'm like, All right, you know what? Dad said something now. I ain't gonna mess with him. I, I'm good. Like, right. I'm good real quick. Uh, you want your electronics? No, no, I'm good. He broke his iPad and he better be straight. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, the electronics that he paid for. That's the crazy part. You know that kid ain't work. Mm -mm. That's over $600, $900 for That's this that now. kid problem. He's small. Mm -hmm. He tried to work with him too, and he just wasn't into it. Like he like didn't he end up didn't he end up using his dad's credit card to like yeah. pay somebody to wax the cars? Yeah. 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 He didn't want to learn. You don't want to because learn remember Daniel called him out on it. Yeah. Wow. But I think I think oh uh oh boy putting it on him there near the end of the season, the man the young man he picked on mm -hmm. that became the uncaged tiger. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's gonna get him to be like, maybe I need to be serious about this myself because mm -hmm. this ain't gonna I'm not ready for that type of smoke. I know it's mm -hmm. coming from my house, so I gotta mm -hmm. get ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because now that kid's gonna be coming after me after everything I've done to him. He's oh coming. yeah, he's especially him. everything. He's especially got. whenever he goes over there to apologize to him for everything. The kid at that point, the kid re reached his breaking point. Oh yeah, I'm done with apologies. I'm mm -hmm. done with you. I'm done yeah. with everything. Yeah, and he just goes ham on him. You've never, yeah, yeah, you've never had to worry about somebody coming after you. Well, what if you did? And he just bam! I'm just like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he just Ooh. reached his breaking point. That he was good. the bully. He reached his breaking point, just yeah. like anybody else who would get bullied. And mm -hmm. he had enough. I can't say I blame the kid. I'm, yeah. I'm Team Kenny, even though he's on Cobra Kai. I'm like, okay, fine. And for a split second, I thought, you know, before. With Cobra Kai, how he wasn't doing good when he first got there. I thought, oh, well, maybe he's going to go to Miyagi, though. For well, some reason, I thought he was going to go to Miyagi. I don't Miyagi think he would have gone to Miyagi, though, just because his brother told him to stay with Robbie. Because his brother specifically pointed because he said, go find Robbie. Yeah. He didn't say, go find martial arts. He said, go find this kid, because this mm -hmm. kid will help you. Yeah. And, and I he think had my that's back. Say, and without that happening to Kenny... I don't think we get the thing with Robbie and his dad where he's just like, I'm tired of blaming you. Mm -hmm. I've been angry with you for so long. I'm tired of blaming you for everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, there's two other things I want to bring up and then we'll close. Uh, the mother, Daniel's um, wife, Daniel's wife and everything, whenever trying to help Tori better herself to be a, for a mother role model and you also have Terry in the supermarket that's trying to, and then also too, you also have Crease that's also interacts with her though too. Yeah. What did you think of the interactions with that on having both sensei at two different locations talking to her? I think it's interesting that as far as I know, we don't get a scene where she tells Daniel what happened. Mm -hmm. No. Because there's nothing. Because I feel like had she said something to Daniel, Daniel would have lost his cool and went after him. And I think that would have taken it down a slightly different path, especially when he was trying to understand what the whole Cobra Kai Eagle Fang thing was at that point, too. I mean, that hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was something. <laughs> yeah. My favorite line in that whole thing was when he tells him, Daniel tells him early on, Best way to avoid, best way to deal with fight is to not be there. And mm -hmm. so then, whatever he ends up getting the guy into all this stuff, and then he's just like, "Where were you?" He's like, "Not being there." 
Because mm-hmm. Johnny did kind of learn, but in his mm-hmm. own unique way. But he also taught Daniel the fight sometimes goes to him. Yeah. And what are you going to do when the fight comes to you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. think about it, that kind of parallels what happens to the kids when they all show up at Daniel's. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. Because that mm-hmm. happened to them. Cobra Kai literally said, or, you know, boom, we're coming yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, <laughs> I thought that Tori was gonna, you know, after she lost her job and everything, um, and she was in the dressing room, I was like, Lord, this girl done went to stripping. She done hit the pole. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought though too bro, but like wait ready? and she was in her bra he's like 15 minutes more lipstick I was like lord have mercy girl and then they had him she doing hit the rock bottle. she gonna hit the pole and then oh, it's, like, it's like can she even do that is she technically playing an 18 year old like how's that working I'm like is this an underage strip club or what's going yeah, on what's, what's happening here what's happening? and then you come to find out they're like storytelling and like they're princesses and stuff yeah I was like whoa okay oh goodness I'm so jaded right now <laughs> I'm like, okay, I gotta get my mind out of this pervert yeah, side. I'm, I'm like, sorry. TV and movies, they just take me down a, a path where I'm just jaded and I'm used to teenage girls hitting the poles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the spinoff series, Cobra Kai, the poles. Are Cobra Kai. Hit <laughs> the pole, girl. Hit that pole. <laughs> More lipstick. I was like, oh, girl, it come down to this. Oh, somebody save me. The first time Tori gets on the pole and the sleazy producer comes out there, she rips the pole down and uses it as a bow staff and just whoops the guy, just walks out, throws the pole down and walks out. <laughs> She'll be a good stripper, though. Mm-hmm. Don't take no mess. Nope. Mm-hmm. She'll karate chop them and then get back on the pole again. That's how you got to do it. There you go. Something. And roundhouse somebody. Yes. <laughs> That's the way of the stripper. <laughs> The way strike the first, strike first, <laughs> get money later. Yikes! <laughs> but uh, this was like a very special episode of Cobra Kai. This is <laughs> the Cobra Kai that you don't download. This, this is, I think I downloaded a, the wrong Cobra Kai. That's the kind of thing that we have. This is what happened with John having on his show. <laughs> but I always try to, I always try to bring balance, though. Yeah, you used to put that. a disclaimer like the views that Tamika say do not represent this show. <laughs> I guess don't make that. <laughs> you should have had it ready when I was talking about the stripper. Hey, I just like you to see how far down the rabbit hole it goes sometimes to see where you come out with. That's you what don't I like know to what do. I'm going to say. I don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> you should just have that thing ready all the time. <laughs> One other thing, when mm-hmm. Chosen shows up, now, this is, you know how you mentioned, Will, about all Daniel knows is uh, offense, right? Now you actually have the Defense. partner that you need to bring that balance. We yep. thought it would be with you know, the two uh, with Johnny and him having that balance and everything because, okay, kids, we're going to go on ahead. I'll teach you the defense part, the offense part or defense part, and you're going to go with Johnny. Mm -hmm. This is where you have an even kill now. You actually have defense and offense in Miyagi-Do Karate with Mm -hmm. Chosen being next to Daniel so my and question the, then becomes the chosen because technically if the deal was they had to close down their dojos. 
So the question then becomes, does Chosen take over the Miyagi, though? That's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. Because if they have to close their dojos, it's not like he's going to be, Daniel's going to be able to be over the dojo anymore. Well, it depends on, too, if Tori gets there in time to say, hey, look, Terry cheated. You don't have to close down your dojo. Yeah, but the problem is, how far does the money go up to be able to prove that? Because mm. if he greased the palms else. way up the thing, mm. her coming out and saying anything, like you don't think somebody that's got that much money, those bigger pockets, you don't think he paid all the way up to make sure that it didn't get... Mm. Right, for crying out loud, he also, he also got Robbie and them a limo, Tux, everything mm-hmm. else. This guy has power. So, mm-hmm. of course, he has everybody in his pocket, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, Tori could come forward, and that's the whole thing. Tori could come forward, and then that's how they get, that's how they kick her out of Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Right? And then she has to make a decision on whether she's going to join anybody or she's going to eventually join Miyagi, though. Mm-hmm. Right. She can't be a snitch in Cobra Kai. No. No snitches no, in Cobra will, Kai. Uh, that will make sure she gets stitches. <laughs> oh, yeah. She'll be blacklisted where she won't have a choice. Somehow or another. They'll, find, that, they'll find a way to get the, the bait girl to join them just because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, she probably paid um pay her aunt off and everybody else in her family where she won't have no support. She'll just mm-hmm. be cut off. Another yep. thing I want to mention this too is I like how tough Daniel's wife is mm-hmm. and how she is because any other wife would have divorced Daniel by now. Yeah, yeah. Destroying the house and everything and things like that. Yeah. And I thought that's what we would actually see or do the separation between the two of them, especially when mm-hmm. he goes to Aqua in the other season, whenever he goes in, goes where uh, him and Miyagi went to in the second hour. Thank yeah. you for helping me yeah. with the pronunciation. Yeah. Well, maybe next season it'll be a divorce. Well, I, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Because I think her coming to him and saying, because, like, you know, Sam, of course, gets all bitter because of the fact that she Tori's in the house. Mm-hmm. Sam's all like, I don't understand how you're helping her and all this other stuff. And then when Daniel's talking to her, one thing she says to him was, do you remember such and such? He's like, yeah, I remember what you told me. You told me this, this, and this. And then, like, she reveals that, like, she fought her aunt or something and stole the car. Mm-hmm. Like, she had a she had a bit of a past too. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing about her is we're finding out that she's not nearly as perfect as she's projected herself to be. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of understanding where a lot of this is going. Now I think she may put her foot down and say, "Look, this is the end, or we're done." Mm-hmm. Because I can't have you be my business partner over this uh, garage. I'm going to have some whack, random wacko kids coming up in here wanting to martial art fight us every week. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. This has to end. Because you think about it. It goes back how far? How far has this gone back when these two men started fighting? And now we got a whole new generation of people Ain't under it. them that are still fighting. Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, I know Oprah said all my life I had to fight in the color purple, but come on. Right. There's going to be some type of unity somewhere, some type of balance. You got to resolve when they this drink, somehow. When they drink beer, it's the only That's time it. they get peace. <laughs> and then there's one last thing, and that's the fact that with Johnny from his childhood, you see the abandonment with Johnny. With his father, 
More fun. And then he doesn't want, he doesn't like the fact that his mom's dating somebody new because mm-hmm. it's scary to him. And therefore he's throwing it, he's throwing a fit because of it. And it, why she winds up with that other rich douchebag that was mean towards Johnny from the get go. And she makes him throw away everything that reminded him of his father, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he did walk out. That's all he knew. Yeah, and played by Ed Asner, by the way. Rest in peace to him. I believe the first episode of the show was actually dedicated yep. to Ed Asner as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I like in the first season where him and Johnny are talking. He goes just because you live in a nice home does not mean that we don't have problems. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that there's not any problems going on when there is. Yeah, I yeah. like that aspect because even when he was dating Miguel's mom, and Miguel came in. He he was like, well, I don't want to discipline him because I remember when my mom dated some guy, he was trying to discipline me. So he was kind of going back and forth. He was like, oh, yeah, he went to see his girlfriend. No, that's bad. Don't see a girlfriend. Uh, use condoms. What? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm not a father. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> don't pass the ball to me. Just pass it to somebody else. What do you want me to say? Yeah, there is somebody else to pass the ball to. That's the crazy part. <laughs> like, well is just going to be like, okay, everybody go to bed. Like, that's what's happening right now. Everybody mm-hmm. go to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's everything that I wanted to talk about as far as Cobra Kai. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or anything like that? Or you think we uh, they, we covered everything that you wanted to talk about as well? Talk about talked about Miguel, we talked about Hawk, we talked about the girls, um, we talked about the, the, the young LaRusso. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about pretty much everybody. Yeah. Some of these men have not aged well. It's all out. No. Yeah. Same here. Terry, I like the Highlander uh, remark that somebody made. <laughs> That's Highlander. There can only be one. I was like, geez, this guy is like me. <laughs> You know, all in all, I thought it was a great season. I can't wait to see the next season that follows up with this. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, Will, what can everybody follow you at on your social medias and things like that? I know you have a podcast of your own as well. Yes. Conversations about dot, dot, dot. We get geeky. We talk pop culture. Sometimes we we get into some bigger political stuff, but we try to do that more on the – we have an actual paywall called Conversations Behind a Wall where mm-hmm. we get into more of the hyper stuff that deals with just – bigger issues that affect the world um, mm-hmm. with a younger audience that I do, I have got a younger teenage audience. So I don't want to burden people with heavy stuff mm-hmm. on that side of it. But if they want to, you know, throw a couple of bucks at us a month, then they can hear that stuff too as they will. So conversations, mm-hmm. uh, conversations about dot, 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 the podcast that's all available on Google, uh, Google podcast and Spotify and all the places you can get your podcast at Apple, you know, things like that. And then um, also, I illustrate and write children's books. Awesome. So they're on Amazon, so you can find, if you just type the name in, you should be able to find those. And then also, um, the podcast, I believe the website is just uh, www.podpage.com backslash conversations about. You can find all the episodes of the podcast there. Cool. All right. And where can people reach you at, Tamika? Awesome. Yeah. We're going to try to get networking with Will because that was awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, it's two Blur Girls podcasts. We're just uh, two high school friends or from high school, whatever. We're old. Um, 
who talk about um, anime, comics, movies. Sometimes we do book discussions. You know, uh, I know we did Malcolm X at one point, so that was pretty cool um, discussion. Uh, yeah, we are on Facebook at Two Blurred Girls Podcast. We're on, oh, it's so different when you don't have the little um, scroll at the bottom. Gosh, we're on Instagram. <laughs> I'll have to send you the other girls. ones. I think I've got other things too. <laughs> yeah, Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast. We're on Twitter at Blurred Two Girls. So basically the theme is two blurred girls. Just look for us on all social media and subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, we have an audio only podcast and we're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Good Pods, and everywhere that podcasts are streaming. And this Friday, we are going to tackle the beast that is full metal alchemist but we're going to cover episodes 9 through 12 okay and i know that you just released a oh, new yeah. Thanks, trailer bro. reaction right you're welcome John, i always have my bad yeah i yes, recorded I that thing like five times before i got it right <laughs> but yeah i did a trailer reaction to moon knight which i'm really excited about yeah i'm really excited about it so, yeah, I will upload that later on tonight on our YouTube page. Okay. Cool. And everybody, you guys can go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. If you want to get an audio-only podcast of our episode, you can get that wherever you guys get your major podcast from. Of course, if you want to, go ahead and donate to our page. How do you do that? You just go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Donate 5 to $10 to us if you sh- choose to do so. But you guys don't have to. All you have to do is smash that like button, smash that share button, smash the subscribe button on the bottom right-hand corner, and also, to the smash that little bell on the bottom right-hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, I also teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast, and we are actually doing a little charity event with Children's of St. Jude's Hospital with Cincy. So go ahead, get yourself a Cincy, 5 to $10 um, with Cincy, and it goes all towards children of st jude's hospital the links will be in the in the show notes below and then of course go over to good pods good pods is basically basically the social media for podcasters we can reply to your uh comments you can rate individual episodes you can tell us what you think about each episode that's something i really like about good pods we can interact with our fans rather than just being a ranking system and things like that with what apple podcast does and also, too, you can also rank us now on Spotify and, of course, on Apple Podcasts as well. So go ahead and do that. It actually helps both of us out to make an eye out with other people finding our podcasts and things like that, if you guys want to do that. Then, of course, go ahead and follow me underneath Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And then, of course, on TikTok as well at Movie Lovers Unit Zero. And then if you're a sponsor or like to be on the show, all you have to do is reach out to me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere you guys can go on ahead. And reach me at but tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. You don't want to miss out. I'm going to be doing season four of Ozark with Scene Invaders <laughs> podcast. So I can't wait to dive into this thing. I've binge watched this whole entire thing. My fiance and I, and I both did over the weekend. So I can't wait to dive into that. Wednesday night, I have another show that I'm doing. And a matter of fact, I can let me go on ahead. I sometimes I lose my track of thoughts. Oh, yeah. But that's okay. All the time. <laughs> I don't even have a scripted show. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thursday night, 
of course, I'm going to be off because it's my birthday. And Yay, then... John. It's your birthday. Throw your hand Yay, up in the air. Birthday <laughs> donations. <laughs> birthday donations. And another thing I want to mention is on Friday, I'm going to be sitting down with Carol Lynn. She actually played Aunt Kim in a movie that I was actually a part of. I was actually the screen editor, screenplay editor for a horror film called the history that haunts us and i'm gonna be sitting down with her talking about her talking about what she had to go through for the auditioning things like that so i'm gonna be just chatting it up with her and then sunday i'm gonna be doing another um interviewing a director from france as a matter of fact tamika and i actually did this and everything with the independent film elika chu uh take and run which that's what's actually it's actually translated as and I'm going to be sitting down with that director, Maria, and everything. So I can't wait to go on ahead and talk to her. But that's everything that you guys can know about that's going to be happening here at Movie Lovers Night. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Tamika, so much for joining me for this episode of Cobra Kai Season 4. Ooh. I've been wanting to talk about this so much. Yep. Strike first. 3D. <laughs> Fist bump. Boom. Okay. Boom. Oh. Oh, missed it. (laughs) We'll get it. Anyways, (laughs) thanks so much. This means so much to me that you guys were able to do this. Will, we're going to have to collaborate again, man. It was fun doing this for the very first time with you. I can't wait to do this again. And everyone, enjoy the rest of you. Yeah, thank you. And of course, always stay safe. Have a great night, everyone. And we'll see you back here tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Take care, guys.